Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles In the marbles Denny Hamlin, two-point favorite to get in as the championship four Bell out of turn four, he's gonna do it! He's won his way into the championship. And the fight for the point, right at the line. The one of Chastain past Hamlin. It was a video game move off into turn three. He put the car against the wall, wide open, all the way, all the way around turn three and four. Chastain, Elliot Bell, and Logano are going to fight for a championship in Phoenix. Take a look at what he did. I have never seen anything like that before in my life. Watch on the right side of your screen. Ross Chastain used the wall all the way around this racetrack to race his way into the championship four. He went from 10th to 5th place on that last lap. It almost doesn't look real. He's so it doesn't. Look at this. It, look, you're set, it looks like a video game. It doesn't look real he's going so fast. Dude, yeah. that's insane. Unreal. Welcome, everybody, to episode 29. Of in the marbles of soda and ethan my name is soda you can find me on twitter at soda underscore hunter my name is ethan you can find me on twitter at viva la ethan i have been wanting to talk about this for so long i mean i've i've completely spammed up the uh in the marbles twitter with it if you haven't noticed it's completely spammed up with all this rush chastain talk because unbelievable moment dude that is i mean a huge moment in NASCAR history. And like I'm talking Kurt Busch, Ricky Craven at Darlington, big moment. You know, like this is unreal. And it's going to be on highlight reels of NASCAR for years and years and years to come. I think it goes beyond that. I, I, I feel like it goes back to like Daytona, uh, was it 79? Where the whole world saw the fight. Oh, you yeah. Know, between Donnie Allison, Bobby Allison, Kelly Arbro. I think it yeah. goes back to that. Like it's that big of a moment because you see the, I, I, that was a video um, put up by NBC. And that video, last I saw it, like 
two days ago. Maybe like it was a day and a half after it happened. It had over 5 million views. But I've seen another stat since then where that video shared on Twitter and Facebook and TikTok. And I believe, and no, YouTube combined has over 100 million views. Rightfully so. Everybody knows about this now. Number one on Sports Center's top 10. And it happened with my favorite driver. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man, what a moment. I could, I have talked about this all week. If you, if you haven't seen it, you're living under a rock. For sure. Um, well, before we get deep into it, we are at episode 29. We really, I would think, we just have one person to talk about. Yeah. Right. It's Kevin Harvick, right? Yeah, absolutely. But what paint scheme under the 29 banner? I I go with the one I always go with is the uh Good Ranch silver and black, but the uh not the one that's like a solid like the solid design down the door, but the one that's got kind of the jagged black roof, black bottom with silver down the side or maybe it's backwards. 2003 and you, you know I, which one I'm talking about. Though. Oh, it's exactly what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I love that paint scheme. I don't like the shell one because he beat Mark Martin at Daytona. <laughs> yeah, he did. That that kills that shell paint scheme for me. And I hate just about every single shell car because of it. Yeah, absolutely. That was a moment that I did not like. But let's talk about Martinsville. If you haven't seen it i don't know how man you haven't seen it by now but uh goodness okay maybe we don't even get into that right now we do have a very very newsworthy thing to talk about that just broke hours before we start recording here. i was gonna say it was like breaking news mm-hmm. i i saw it while i was at this little fall festival i was at where i was just scrolling through twitter i was like wait a minute what jimmy johnson is going to purchase like ownership stake in petty enterprises so they're they're not called petty enterprises anymore right yeah it's petty gms racing yeah that's it and he's going to even race and select races on with a third car yeah that's pretty big pretty exciting honestly (laughs) you get you know uh who's who's going to be over there it's going to be noah gregson and not Ty Dillon. Eric Jones. Yeah. Uh, so Eric Jones in the 43. Uh, Noah Gregson in the 42. Jimmy Johnson. have no idea what number that's going to be. It I makes, would guess 44. It makes sense though, right? Jimmy mm-hmm. Johnson, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, buys owners, you know, ownership stake in Richard Petty Racing, you know, Petty, Petty GMS Racing. Richard Petty being a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion. Uh, really cool situation there. But, man, how many owners is going to be in this? You know, I know. I know. It's, it's, you, got a, you got a big group to spread the money around with right there. Right. But, I mean, at the same time, you've got Dale Earnhardt Jr. that has some sort of owners, ownership stake in Hendrick Motorsports as, as well as Jim, um, Jeff Gordon. And I think – Chad Knauss as well, I believe. I don't understand it. I mean, all that kind of stuff kind of goes over my head anyway. But 
I mean, I guess whatever keeps the bills paid, right? Right. Absolutely. We start seeing this mess. I guess what about 12, 13 years ago now mm -hmm. where all these different companies would merge into with this company and would create a new company and had everybody's name in it. And then that company would fold and get bought out by another company. It seemed like it happened a lot. Yeah. Like Everham merged with Petty and then, oh my gosh, I can't even begin to tell you the saga of, of what is going on between ever since Everham and Petty and then what's going on now. I can't even begin to tell you the timeline. No joke. It's so complicated. You but know at least now it's simple. They have a 42 and 43. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's not complicated though? Hmm. <laughs> Out of energy at nine at ten o'clock at night. Yeah, that's too late for me. I gotta Cheers. go zero. Cheers to that. <laughs> um so let's get into some Martinsville talk. We first off, let's talk about the Xfinity race. I how much is Ty Gibbs your boy still? <laughs> okay. Before I go on a rant. <laughs> so I don't know if I should go first or if you should go first. I'm going to. All right. Let me, let me just start by saying I am not, nor have I ever been president of the Ty Gibbs fan fan page. <laughs> what? Never. Okay. <laughs> he was, he was my boy for a minute. For a quick minute, uh, I just I don't you know ever since this whole JGR Kyle Busch uh, split, I just kind of my loyalty is with Kyle Busch. Uh, I I cheer for Ty because I met him. He's a really honestly he's a super sweet dude in in person, uh, very approachable. I was actually wearing a doing the favor T shirt when I met him back in 2019 and he told me, he was like, Oh man, I really love your shirt. And I'm like, oh, yeah, me too. You know, <laughs> um, man, but that being said, I watched that replay. And for anyone that doesn't know what we're quite talking about on the final lap of the Xfinity race at Martinsville, excuse me, um, going into turn one, Brandon Jones, who is in the number 19 driving Teammate. for driving for Joe Gibbs racing mm -hmm. is in front of is the race leader. Second place is Ty Gibbs who races the 54 for Joe Gibbs racing. I I've watched this replay so many times and I actually did not say anything about it on Twitter. I, and I'm going to get heat for this. I didn't see nothing wrong. No, you're the only one in the whole world, man. I, what it looks the, like to me is it looks like it was a bump and run gone wrong with no remorse whatsoever. Now, I don't know, absolutely no remorse whatsoever because that dude celebrated for wrecking his teammate, knocking him out of the championship for because that was that, you see, you didn't set up the whole scenario. The scenario is the 19 had to win his way, Brandon Jones, he had to win his way into the final four at Phoenix. Joe right. Gibbs' teammate right behind him. He's got that opportunity to do it. Ty Gibbs doesn't need this. He's in. He doesn't need this win. He absolutely 100% does not need this win because he's set for next year. He's going on to the Cup Series. He This win does nothing for him. Nothing for him. 
a second place behind a teammate that pushes a teammate into the championship four, where now it's two junior cars, JR Motorsports cars, and two Gibbs cars. That is the perfect scenario for him and his team. It's the perfect, perfect scenario for everything. But he got so selfish that he knocked his teammate into the wall. Didn't just bump and run. He was wrecking him on a straightaway, dude. He wanted to wreck that dude. He didn't. Uh, he didn't care. Uh, he just flat out did not care. And then he celebrated it so hard. I have never seen a burnout so long and so like loud than that moment when he had dumped his own teammate, knocked his teammate out of the championship four. Now there's three JR cars against him, and he ain't gonna finish that race, man. So back up just a tad bit. I'm not saying that you're wrong, um, but I'm not saying you're right either. Here's here's what I'm thinking. I feel like you have to put yourself in that situation. Like he is, I don't care if, if it's Ethan Chambers Motorsports and I have Ty Gibbs racing for me. I have sponsorships watching him, paying him, paying me. Like Toyota. Monster like, Energy Toyota, yeah, like Toyota, uh, the one that you just knocked out of the championship for, right? So, mm. the thing about it is, <laughs> I pay Ty Gibbs a lot of money to go out there and win races, just like I pay Brandon Jones a lot of money to go out there and win races. Brandon Jones, it goes back. I cannot sit here and be like, oh, he can't win that race. He shouldn't have won that race because then I'd be a hypocrite from what I was saying at Charlotte Roval mm -hmm. with the whole Stuart Haas racing. Uh, yeah, blocking on the last lap yeah. to get somebody in the playoffs. I was sitting there on that episode, however many weeks ago that was. I said, man, I really wish these drivers would just go out there and try to win the race try to just win for their team, not not for their organization, for their actual team, their crew chief, their spotter, their pit crew, the people that work on their race cars back at the shop. You know, those people don't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say if I was Joe Gibbs, I'd be, I'd be upset. Of course I'd, I would be. I would be absolutely upset. Yeah, absolutely. He, he has every right to, but at the same time, you cannot, if you put yourself in Ty Gibbs's position, I honest, honestly, I would have done the. I don't know if I would have done the exact same thing, but I would have went for it. That's oh, yeah, that's not the question. The question is not whether or not he should have tried to win the race. Because I mean, Brandon Jones was probably thinking the same thing. Like we could have. I think he actually said so. It's like we could have had a race. He could have gave me a chance. You know, instead of just dumping me. There's no talent there. I don't know. No talent whatsoever. He could have gave me a chance. We could have had a side by side battle all the way to the to the line. It could have been amazing, and if I had lost, I had lost. But the the dude dumped them. The little spoiled brat kid dumped them. I don't know. I I, I I the way I look at it is that he definitely went to go move him for sure. You could tell he was moving him. Which how do you pass at Martinsville? You have to put some bumper into it. I get it. Those uh, Supra front ends they are really really pointy. Super he knew what he was doing. He might have known what he was doing, but I don't think he meant to wipe him out. Yeah, he. I. I, I one. Okay, will we? We will one hundred percent disagree on that. No matter what you say, no matter what I say, we will disagree. Guys, it was just. <laughs> <laughs> we are so on different spectrums when it comes to this thing right here. 
For sure. But this is the problem with Ty Gibbs now. He doesn't have a partner. I think he's ticked off just about every single driver out there with this move, especially any teammates. Because not only at one point did he, did he take out the 19, but a couple laps before that, he took out the 19 and the 18 in the same corner, both his teammates. Just a few laps before that on one of those restarts, he took them both out. Just knocked them up right across the racetrack, and the 18 actually got a flat from that. He doesn't have any friends, not even teammates. I don't think so. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that. I don't think he does have any friends out there. And that's why it's going to be really bittersweet for everybody else when when Ty Gibbs is the one hoisting that Xfinity Series championship. And the only reason he's not going to be is if somebody puts him in the wall or somebody, as air-quoting myself here, accidentally, you know, uh, a, a bump and run gone wrong at Phoenix. I will have lost all faith in karma and these drivers out there if Ty Gibbs win this championship. I mean, Denny Hamlin <laughs> special, right? What does that mean? Like, I mean, you know how Denny Hamlin's like, oh, I'm gonna, I have a list and I'm gonna, oh, yeah, take everybody out. Like, I mean, we've heard it all season. Yeah, and that list happened. is that list is a joke. So, I mean, I think Xfinity Series might get a little bit more uh, rough and tough, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe the Cup Series this this weekend might be a little bit more uh, interesting. But five bucks says Denny Hamlin doesn't touch Ross Chastain. No, he won't. You know, won't. any of that stuff. But uh, I don't know. It, I could definitely see. I mean, as did you hear Noah Gregson's post-race interview? I, I heard him call it Ty Gibbs Racing. Yeah, he did it twice. And uh, I don't feel – he made it look like he he accidentally said it. I don't think he accidentally said it. Well, uh, <laughs> I do have a point right here real quick. Who does Brandon Jones – who is Brandon Jones racing for next year? JRM. Yes. he And JRM has three guys out of these four in the championship right now. Uh, I Brandon Jones has to be one of the – the most selfless stand-up guys in the entire world if he doesn't do something to Ty Gibbs. Because I will... would do something to Ty Gibbs. I don't think he is. I, he, he might not. It might not be in his character. It would be in my character. It absolutely would be in my character. And It's funny. On the Dale Jr. download, he, has, he's, he said that he specifically sat down with his three drivers and said, we are not taking anybody out we're not going to do anything like that we're going to race hard for a championship and then he went on to say he's like that's not saying that i'm not going to be okay if somebody else does that to him from a different organization right he's talking about brandon jones you know he is because who else has the most to do with that right Right. and honestly i don't think anybody's going to give ty gibbs any breaks whatsoever Oh, no. Even lap cars are not going to give him a break. He, he has no friends. The way it should be, honestly. You know, if you're racing for a championship, I and maybe it's just me. Like, if I'm racing for a championship, I want to be able to win that race or, or hoist that championship knowing that I was the best on that day or throughout that season. I was the man. I'm the one to beat. Now I'm the champion. So the way I look at it is, 
of course I'm not a driver. If I was driving, you know, racing for a championship, I'd be like, come on, lap cars, give me a break. You know, I'm racing for a championship. Well, as out of respect, a, they usually do. As a fan, I don't want to see that. I want to see the lap cars, you know. It, okay, it depends on who I'm a fan of. You know, if I'm a fan of that leader, I want the lap cars to get the heck out of the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> who... I mean, we, we're going to preview Phoenix later, but we're mostly going to do Cup Series. Who do you got for the Xfinity Championship? Ty Gibbs. You have Ty Gibbs, even yep. with the three JR? Yep. Oh, okay. My heart says Josh Berry just because I like him a lot. Oh, that would be so cool. But my head says Noah Grayson. Yeah. Noah, I mean, Noah's the man. He mm -hmm. is the man to beat. And... I just I don't see Ty Gibbs making it. I honestly don't. I, somebody's going to mess him up. It's just me personally. It's just what I feel. But I'm I might be wrong. Maybe everybody just mind their business and keep themselves. Or maybe Ty Gibbs will be so far out ahead, can't nobody touch him. Right. What about uh, who's your pick to win the championship in the Truck Series? You're going to have to remind me exactly who else in that. Uh, it would be. Uh, Ty, Maj Ty Majeski, Zane Smith, Ben Rhodes, and Chandler Smith. I got a feeling Chandler Smith's going to pull away. I absolutely hope so. I am such a Chandler Smith fan. I watched yeah, he's, him. He's racing the Snowball Derby this year. Yeah. Uh, so the the night the day I actually met Ty Gibbs was at Elko Speedway in Minnesota, and Chandler Smith was actually the winner of that race. And I had an opportunity. I literally was standing right next to him, and I did not have, you know, uh, I was standing in line <laughs> to meet Haley Deegan after I met Ty Gibbs. And to this day, I wish I would have skipped the Haley Deegan, and I wish I would have went and met uh, Chandler mm -hmm. Smith and got a picture with him and stuff. I'm a huge, huge fan of Chandler Smith, but my gut says Zane Smith. Okay. I could also, you said Ben Rhodes too, right? Yeah, Ben Rhodes. I mean, he's a solid pick in any time anytime so i could see that too three toyotas and a ford uh ben rhodes is actually the defending cup uh that's, World Truck Series that's, that's right champion and he has the opportunity to be the first back-to-back -back, uh truck champion since like i don't know 2004 yeah because most champions just move on up right yeah so let's get into the cup series a little bit here Overall, let's not even look at the last 25 laps. What do you think overall this Martinsville race? Oh, man. It was kind of boring, right? Man, it wasn't as exciting as I thought it was. I uh, Again, I went over to my friend David's house, um, and I watched the race with him. And I walked into his house, and I said, buckle in because it's going to be a wild one. And the, you know, the race started. First 50 laps, nothing. First, you know, stage one is over, nothing happened. Stage two, I was over on his couch and I was dozing off. Yeah, I was, I was too. Like, I was I was falling asleep at some point. I was like, man, it's, it's super rough. And that last last 10 laps got a little <laughs> exciting. The um something about this car, it's not as bad on other short tracks, but something about this car. At Martinsville, mm -hmm. it's just not working. Snooze. I don't fest. know. I don't know what they need to do. I don't know if they need to uh, 
from what I understand, it is better than it was in the spring. But man, I'm glad I didn't I didn't watch that whole race in the spring because this was rough to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand completely if nobody watched this race after a few laps because it was yeah, it was pretty bad. But throughout the entire race, you had these different storylines going on. You had Denny Hamlin racing his way into the championship here. Yeah. Because he was the odd man out. He was, I think, fifth place coming in. And he was starting to really, you know, race his way in. And Chastain was just right there, just a little bit ahead of him the whole time. Just a, just right there at it. But then as the race went on, pit stops came and went and different things happened. And then you saw Chastain was starting to fall back. And he was like four, five, six points behind yeah. Hamlin the whole time. Even when Hamlin would have problems on this, right, why he didn't win the race is because he had problems on pit road all the time. Right. He would constantly drop two or three spots every pit stop in the second half of the race. And it didn't do Chastain any favors, though, because he stayed about four, five, six points behind him the whole time. And then you had people like Christopher Bell move up through the field, and now he's racing his way in. And now Chastain, he's out. Because if Christopher Bell races his way in, or Chase Briscoe at the end of it when he didn't pit, if either one of those two race their way in, I mean, even Ryan Blaney had a chance. He was second at one point. Any of those guys race their way in, Chastain's out. Yeah. By four points, you know. So you're looking at this, and Chris Rebell ends up taking the lead from Chase Briscoe right here at the end of the race. And you look at the points, and you're like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who wins this race because these top two or three guys, if they win, they're in. And Ross is out. It doesn't matter who wins. Right. Ross is out. And I'm going to play that audio in a minute. All the in-car audio. And uh, I'm going to say what number the car is when the audio comes up. Oh, yeah. But you know which video I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I absolutely love that. <laughs> it's. I will give credit to so many different, so many drivers, the way they reacted to it. Joey Logano got so much more respect from me. Absolutely. He thought that was absolutely the coolest move he's ever seen in his life. He was laughing about it. He was on pit road talking to Ross after the race about it. He thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah. It cracked him up. And then you have Kyle Larson. Well, um, yeah. You uh you had this audio and inside the uh inside the car they told Ross coming to turn three on the last lap he says you need two he says gotta have them he said yeah gotta have them he shifts into fifth gear they don't use fifth gear at martinsville he shifts into fifth gear stomps on it look at the telemetry they have that available out there too stomps on it let's go to the steering wheel and rides that wall wide open all the way around and when he comes off the corner, he grabs the wheel again so it doesn't go across the track. And not only does he pick up the spots he needs, he actually beats Denny Hamlin to the right. line. He went and from 10th to 5th in tenth, one turn. 10th to 5th. And then Keselowski ended up getting disqualified, and he wound up getting a 4th place finish out of it. Yep. He ran a lap 
that was two seconds faster than the pole speed. Yeah. And unofficially a new track record. Yeah. I was going to say he broke the new, uh, new track record too. Yeah. I don't think it's going to stay. <laughs> they don't usually keep track records in the race. Right. It's usually a qualifying thing. Right. I don't, I don't think they keep like this wouldn't count. You know, you know what I mean? I don't think this would count as a track record technically. Like it wouldn't be put down in the record books. Why wouldn't but it? I, I've never heard of a track record in a race. I only hear it at qualifying. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought, it, I, you know. Well, they could do it at practice and testing too, and I've never seen that. Huh. Weird. I mean, think about it, right? I mean, all, all the track records we hear about have in qualifying, right? So I don't know. I don't know if he would if they would count this officially as a track record. Yeah, that's a that that would be a really good question for Bob Pockers. Yeah, I I don't know the answer to it. I've never heard of it, but you know, it might be his his name might be in the record books as, uh, under a new track record. Hey, maybe. But he made it in the most craziest move I think I have ever seen as like a single car. Like I've seen things like uh, Riverside uh, uh, several years ago. Now Dale Earnhardt was behind Jeff O'Dying and he was going behind a slow car through the S's at Riverside and Earnhardt got fed up and just turned left and went through the dirt and cut off a corner yeah. and took the lead. And people were Pairing it to that kind of a thing. Like, well, it's like cutting a corner. It's like, well, no, he didn't cut a corner. I mean, he, he actually made the track longer. Right. There's no rule against doing this. Right. No. There I might know. end up being a rule. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I hope they don't put a rule up. I hope they, I hope at some point they look at everything and they say, guys, just police yourselves. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're grown men out there. You know that kind of move could not work, or it could work. It right. could go horribly wrong, or you could be here. But from now on, no matter what, they're all copying Ross Chastain. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I don't even know if Ross Chastain could go back to Martinsville right now and could re could duplicate what he did that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that had to be adrenaline, spur of the moment, absolute desperation. I don't think you could... I don't think you could, you know, reenact that ever again. That dude is a superstar, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the way he's raced all year long. I mean, yeah, is, is he overly aggressive? Yes, absolutely, he's overly sure. aggressive. He's, but he's actually aggressive. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you got so many people out there that are not. It's, it's like they just don't have the passion that Ross Chastain does. A lot of them just don't race the way he does. I mean, yeah, okay, some people say, well, he just races over his head, and he's stupid. It's like, but he's winning races doing it. And then you can look at them and say he's also in the championship four for the NASCAR Cup Series championship. So, I mean, he yeah. can't really be racing stupid. You know, he's doing something right. The last three races of this uh, championship playoff, the last round, second, second, fourth. Yeah. Man, who's got more momentum right now than more momentum right now than anybody else heading into this final race? Christopher Bell. Well, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm just I don't know. 
Chris Rebell has to sneak his way into every single one of them with a last ditch effort win. Ross Chastain's there every How single many, week. Who has more wins, Chris Rebell or, or Ross Chastain? Uh, Chase Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tell yeah. you what, Ross Chastain does have though. He Chevy. has a better average finish in this playoffs than anybody else. Absolutely, he does. 100%. Yep. He has two wins. That is the least amount of wins from everybody. Elliott's got five. Bell and Logano have three. Laps led. He is third. He's second on that list, actually. 857 for Chase Elliott, 692 for Chastain. And Logano's got 597, and Bell's got 573. Is that just for the playoffs? That's 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 for the whole season. Oh, okay. I was the playoffs say, wow. are a special thing by themselves over here. In the playoff rounds, average finish of Chase Elliott sixteen point three. He's worse yeah. than I am at at picking yeah. him every week. Look, Joey Logano thirteen point three. Chris Rebell twelve point two. Way out ahead of that, Ross Chastain at ten point five. Yep. He's got an average finish of 10th throughout all the playoffs. Wild. And that's counting one that he didn't finish. Yep. Or he had an issue at the Roval. And he's got a ton of momentum, especially right now. Dude thinks he's Superman right now. Oh, absolutely. And rightfully so. He Mm -hmm. absolutely should feel like he's Superman because he pretty much is. And... He gained so many fans by doing what he did. I've never heard such a response, but from a guy that didn't win the race, just stepping out of the car. Yeah. I really, when I, cause I stuck around and I wanted to hear the uh, post-race interviews for Hamlin and Ross Chastain. And as soon as the camera shot on uh Ross Chastain, you heard the crowd erupt in cheers and and yeah Chastain. I wanna know who is gonna be the fan favorite this year. I bet it's gonna be Ross Chastain. You talking about most popular driver? Yeah, sorry, most popular driver for sure. I kinda agree with you. If if they haven't opened the voting up already, which I don't know when they opened the voting up for that. Um, I kind of agree with you. I think it's going to be Ross Chastain. Has to be, right? Especially if he ends up winning the championship. Oh, my goodness. And I am 100% pulling for him. Absolutely. I I was already pulling for him to begin with. After this, everybody's finally jumping on this this bandwagon. I'm like, come along for the ride. Let's pull for him. Let's go. Yeah, I'm not on that bandwagon yet. Oh, um, you you close. I, I've you been, ain't. yeah. I mean, we'll talk about a little bit later what he had, what what Ross Chastain has to do to convince me and for me to be on that bandwagon. Um, that'll come up a little bit later in the show. I want to play some audio right now. This is going to be in-car audio. So I hope it'll pick it up. I'm going to say, uh, now I'm going to preference this in-car audio by saying this is not going to be 100% family friendly. Yeah. But the worst of the words are beeped out. Yeah, and this is, for anybody that doesn't quite understand what, what we're about to play, this is what the spotters, every race car has a spotter. This is what the spotters are are talking and communicating to their driver. 
And a lot of it too is the driver response back from what is what you're going to hear too. Yes. Because they're out there on the track and they see this dude flying around the corner like this and they've never seen anything like it. Right. They, they, this is straight out of iRacing. Cause what's funny is they actually, I've seen several videos where people actually tried to replicate this in different video games. The only one it worked perfectly at was iRacing. iRacing. Yeah. Yep. Imagine that iRacing was right all along. Right. They knew what they were doing. Chase Briscoe even said, I got, I got banned and disqualified one day for doing that move. They knew, they knew what they were doing. So I'm going to play this audio now. And I will try to say which number, which driver, I'm just going to say the number, uh, which car number is actually talking right here each time. The first one I know is going to be Joey Logano in the 22. Outside, 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 outside. Holy cow. I guess it does work. Holy <laughs> you see that? <laughs> I love Joey. Oh my God. This is so good. Oh my God. This is a 14. This is chest thing. Listen to the audio. I think I watched that like four times and just like absolute amazement. And it's awesome how there was not one person that was like, Oh, that's embarrassing or whatever until cameras got on Kyle Larson, the hypocrite. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> didn't he do this? He did this at Darlington. Yeah. Which against- he, which he then preferenced by saying that he's really happy that he didn't win the race by doing that, which I can't see. No, that's a lie. I mean, a- <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't really, I saw that ep- or I saw that interview and I was like, man, what crawled up his butt? You he's know? not in the playoffs and he tried something that somebody else did better than him. Yeah. No joke. That's, that's pretty much it. He's not, he's not part of anything. Right. Ross Chastain did that amazing move that Kyle Larson tried and failed at. 
And Ross Chastain did it, and it worked, and he made it to the playoffs. And poor Kyle Larson, he can't even pretend to be in the playoffs. You know, he, he got eliminated last round. You know what it sounds like to me with Kyle Larson being kind of like this? It sounds like Kyle Larson really, really enjoys being the center of attention. And right when something cool happens, like Ross Chastain, mm. NASCAR thundering Martinsville, like the attention is no longer on Kyle Larson, and it's all on Ross Chastain, rightfully so. And I don't feel like Kyle Larson likes that. So he's like, oh, it's embarrassing. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, no, that's a moment. That's a big moment. It's funny that two weeks ago, he didn't say what happened with him and Bubba Wallace, that Bubba Wallace was an embarrassment to the sport. Right. By turning him headfirst into a wall the way he did. Right. That's funny. That's really weird. I figured that's more embarrassing than what Chastain did. What Chastain did was just cool. Right. I mean, the, excuse me, the balls it takes to do something like that. You ain't kidding. I'll tell you what, you are not joking. I'll, I don't think if I was a race car driver, I'm just talking about this with the Ty Gibbs, Brandon Jones incident. You know, if I was in that, I would have never thought about that. Never. Mm -mm. I, no, I didn't even know that was halfway an option. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's, that's not going to work. Right. There's, there's no way that's going to work. There's people out there. There's race car drivers out there in the cup series that, that, Talks the talk, but cannot walk the walk. It was very apparent that that number one Ross Chastain Chevrolet was not up to speed. It was not going to race Hamlin, you know, uh, toe to toe. Yeah, like he, he was just, a he was a tenth place car. He was exactly where he was. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. And then you know what? It's called a hail mary, and he did it. Patrick Mahomes, everybody on that one. We uh. I'm going to jump into one question real quick. This is actually going to be on the show this week from Tales from the Estate, but he gave them to, to me early. Uh, Drew did. Um, he's got one question about what happened this week, and I wanted to go ahead and, since we're talking about it, I'm going to go ahead and throw that question out there. This Ab is from Drew. Absolutely. Have either of you ever seen anything like what Chastain did on Sunday? He said that was insane. Very insane. Absolutely no. Uh, when it happened, I <laughs> I grabbed my phone so fast and I texted you all caps. Have you ever, you know, waiting for your response to be, no, I've never, but you never did. In fairness, I was at another like event, uh -huh. carnival thing, because that was like two days for Halloween or one, right. the day before Halloween. So I was inside this building at that moment. And I was watching it, and I was like, just depressed. I was like, God, he's four points out. He's yeah. four points out. He's not going to make it. So I'm, I'm in and out of this building, and inside the building, there's absolutely no service. Outside right. the building, there's enough. But this, this is a metal building, and there's no service inside. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, it refreshes on Twitter, and I saw Chastain just rode the wall and passed Hamblin to make it into the championship. I was mm. like, he did what? That doesn't make any sense, you know? So now I'm outside, like my family's inside now and I'm like, okay, but I got to see what's happening here. And right. I'm constantly refreshing, refreshing. And then I finally see a video of it because everybody's going crazy, but nobody's showing video of it. Right. And I saw that video. I was like, oh my gosh, I have never 
No. Never even knew that was a thing that could happen. It's wild. And you know what's crazy is I was sitting there watching, and I was kind of bummed that I didn't pick Christopher Bell to win again. Uh, I couldn't pick him anyways. But I was sitting there, and I was like, okay, following along the last 10 laps, whatever. Uh, and I saw that Ross Chastain had to finish ahead of Denny Hamlin to advance to the championship four. And I knew that wasn't the case because Chastain was just – he was compared to the 11 head, head up. He just was not fast at all. Yeah, it, just, it wasn't there this week for him. Not at all. So on the final lap, when they took the white flag, I looked and it said Chastain was in 10th. Hamlin was in fifth. There was no, it was like one, one, one and a half seconds or something. And I well, was like, okay. Chastain only needed to get tied with Hamlin. He needed to get two spots to tie Hamlin. Right. And the tie would create a tiebreaker, and that would be Chastain because he's got second-place finishes this round. Right. But so, anyway. So, yeah. So when I was sitting there watching, I, I watched, you know, Christopher Bell take the checkered flag, and I did not see Chastain on the wall. When it was live and actually happening, I did not see it happen. And I hear – Rick Allen say, oh, Chastain finished ahead of Hamlin. And I said, what? Yeah. And then they showed the replay, and I said, no effing way. Oh, no, not a chance that that just happened. And they kept on replaying it, and I swear I thought it was in fast forward. It doesn't I, look – it's exactly what Jeff Burton said. It doesn't it, look real. It does not look real. It does not look real. And I sat there, and, I, and my friend David and I, we were both sitting there like – why are they? Why are they? Why do they have it in fast forward? And then you know that's when you know uh, Steve Latart says this is not in fast forward. This is live. <laughs> you know he's just going that fast. And oh my goodness, no. Well, the the cars going around the inside of the racetrack slowed down to under or right at sixty miles an hour. He hit one thirty around the corner. It's like if you're stopped on the side of the interstate because somebody comes blowing by you at 70 miles an hour. He hit that turbo boost or something. Fifth gear, man. My goodness. Got overdrive. Just, man, I can't. No, that's never happened before. Nothing like that's ever happened before. The closest thing to anything that's ever happened like that before is when at Darlington, when Darlington was first built, because Darlington is this huge, wide racetrack. Right, it's absolutely massive as far as like the width and the corners. Oh, and the straightaways. I, I was gonna say massive. That's like the most no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting there. If you look at the turn in Darlington, you notice how far down the apron goes. Yeah, that's where the racetrack is. Right. When they built it, that's where the racetrack is. They designed it so people could run all the way to the inside wall and up to the banking. They did not design that track to be run strictly on the banking. And they had a guardrail all the way around it at that point. Not a concrete wall, a guardrail. Pretty soon, people realized that that banking is a lot faster. It's only one and a half lanes wide. It's not two lanes wide. It's one and a half lanes wide on that banking. Sooner or later, people realized that that was faster. So everybody went to the top. Mm. And then eventually they just got to where they just held it just about wide open around the whole corner, reinforced the right side of the car by putting like two by fours inside the door, the door frame and the roll bars. So it would give them a bit of a cushion 
and they would just ride the wall. They would literally, that's where the, that's where the term Darlington stripe came from. They would use that as their racing line. They would just put it on the wall in the corners and let that guardrail guide them all the way around where they held it wide open. Yep. That's, that was the line in the sixties. Eventually concrete walls showed up and that stopped. And a Darlington stripe does not mean the same thing it did back then. Nowadays, a Darlington stripe is almost like a ride of, ride of passage because this track is difficult and you're going to hit the wall because you ride so close to it. But that's the closest thing I can think of to, to this. Yeah. Whoever that first dude was, I don't know who it was, but whoever that first guy was that said, I'm just going to hold it wide open around this corner and let the wall carry me around. Yeah. That's about the only way I can compare this, this move because this move is just, it goes beyond that. Because this is not a track you do that at. Darlington is a track you do that at. And it's a track that Kyle Larson, you know, the hypocrite, he tried it and failed because you can't do that anymore because of those concrete walls. It, it just grinds the car to a halt when that guardrail just kind of carried it back in the day. Right. It's amazing that that Martinsville wall, I guess it's it's got to be a combination of this new car too, right? It has to be. With the car not having crumple zones the way the old one did, you're not really grinding against it the way you are. You're kind of like bouncing off of it. Like the car is like popping in and out of its uh, form. Yeah. Because if you saw the car when it was over with, right? Oh, yeah. The car itself was actually in pretty good shape. It didn't look nearly as bad as uh, Kyle Larson's car at Darlington. What? you know is mm -hmm. the incident we're talking about but i feel and like the old car right yeah the old car last season i feel like this year with nascar cup series cars going to the compository uh bodies i feel like that really helped it and honestly chastain's car wasn't all messed up that much no well it was suspension wise oh i mean geez yeah, yeah like he had no steering and he had all his you saw how far in his right front was inside the fender he he destroyed the car, absolutely destroyed it. But looking at it, it it wasn't destroyed to a point where it would grind to a halt. Like the body would be ripping up against the uh, the wall, you know, really grinding it down. It wasn't like that because the the body just kept bouncing off the wall and popping it back into place. Absolutely, all it was, it was a bunch of you know marks, yeah. a bunch of. St uh, stripes where he was scraped up against the wall, which they're making a diecast of. Yes, the checkers are records from our friends at Lionel Racing, which you can pre-order right now. I will pre-order tomorrow. You're gonna get the really. I, how can I not get this car? Checkers how and can, records. How can I not get this car? Holy moly, that's like breaking news. Are you gonna get the autograph version? <sighs> I don't think I can swing that. I'm probably only going to get the 164 scale, honestly, uh, because I did just put a pretty good um, order in a couple weeks ago with the Chase Elliott from Talladega and uh, the Matt Benedetto truck win from Talladega. Oh, you did get that one. Yeah. I mean, I was there and I'm a fan of the Benedetto and my kids were there with me with Chase Elliott and Victory Lane. We got to get those two diecasts. It's just, it means so much more than, a lot of other ones would do, you know?
Oh, for sure, yeah. And plus the autographed version of the Checkers or Wreckers uh, Ross Chastain Martinsville car is already sold out. Oh, well, I guess I'm definitely not getting that one anyway. But let me see. Isn't that a fan club thing, though? Isn't that an RCCA club purchase? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a member of that anyway. Really? What's uh, Ross? Ross Chastain. Let me see if they're offering it non-autographed, which I'm sure they are. Oh, yeah. They, they absolutely are in several different styles. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they do have a 120 or 164 scale. I did not know that. Oh, I've, I've already looked at it, man. <laughs> nice. So are you going to, so you're not going to get the 124 scale? Probably not. Just because, I mean, the cheapest one is 75 bucks. Just, and I don't know if I'd want to, if I got 124 scale, I don't know if I want to get the $75. I want to get the $120 one. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just that much more detailed. Yeah. But so I'm probably just going to stick with what I've always collected is that's 164 scale. But I, I got to have something from this, this race. Okay. Absolutely. Man, it's, it's so good. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here. I'm pulling up a chair. So speaking of diecast cars from our friend at Lionel Racing, um, I don't know if you heard, but did you see the throwback Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, super late model? I did. There's, dude, there's so many good throwbacks right now. I mean, that's like a future throwback. Yeah. But Lionel Racing, if I had more money, yeah, because they offered the the Mark Martin uh, winning car. I forget exactly. It was North Wilkesboro, I think it. Yeah, nineteen ninety North Wilkesboro raced version one twenty four and one sixty four scale car. I did they they offer one sixty four scale? I didn't see that. Yes. Okay. And they also offer the Dale Jarrett Michigan first win, the twenty one Wood Brothers car. Yep, 90, uh, 1991, yep. Yeah, he beat Davey Allison to the line with it. I remember that race specifically. And, yeah, and they're they're offering the Bass Pro Tribute late model from Dale Jr. for, I think, it's a race he's doing next year, right? Uh, no, so the super late model actually will be, he'll race that on the 19th of this month. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I am I am actually wrong. They did not produce that Mark Martin 1990 north wilkesboro in the 164 it's only 124 scale i didn't think they did because it'd probably be coming home with me yeah but man i just can't swing all these 124 scale cars because dale jarrett's the same way yeah i just i can't swing them they they offer the petty ones and it's like they have this this thunderbird now they have this 90 91 thunderbird Probably you could probably swing 89 too. So they have this 89, maybe even 88. You can probably go as far as 88. Yeah. 88, 89, 90, 91 Thunderbird. 
they have this mold. They have this thing that they've all of a sudden started making more cars are of. I wonder what's next. Are they going to do a Davy Allison? Like, are they going to do, I, 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 who else back a, a Bill Elliott, maybe mm -hmm. a red mailing, uh, a, a red course or a blue course. Are, I, who, who else are they going to do? Buckshot they, Jones. Oh, I don't think he drove a Thunderbird in 88 to 91. Did he? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. They could, they could really look at some of these things, and uh, I feel like they're going to pull somebody else out too. I feel like it's Davy Allison. I feel like Davy Allison is going to be the next one they pull out. Oh, that would be really cool. Like a uh, a maybe a nineteen ninety Bristol win, huh. where he beat Mark Martin. Okay, I I could see that happening, and uh, that's the one with the black. Uh, it's the black car with the gold numbers on the side. I feel like that's going to be the next one. Mark it down here. I said it first. There you go. Yep. We have a few questions. We answered one of them earlier from Drew. We have four total. So this, we got three left. All right. All from Tales from the Estate. Some from last week, some from the upcoming episode that has yet to air since while we're recording, but we'll probably be out by the time you hear this episode anyway. Awesome. So I have not, I don't know any of these questions. So that's awesome. Well, um, one from last week. I gave you the one from this week already. One from last week for Drew. Who would you say are the most prestigious families in NASCAR? Oh, I do. I do remember that one. Uh, Petty, right? Petty Pet and Earnhardt. That's like the the biggest ones, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely Earnhardt. Definitely Petty. I would say Wallace would be up there too. Rusty, Mike, Kenny. Uh, I would say that. Well, Andretti? And NASCAR? I mean... See, I wouldn't even go Wallace and NASCAR just because, I mean, Kenny and Mike have had some success, but Rusty's the only one that had any real success out of that. Right, and I, that's why like, I'm thinking Kenny, uh, Rusty Wallace definitely carries that banner for the Wallace family, but I would definitely... I would say put, Allison. Allison for sure, yeah. Oh yeah, Yarbrough. Yarbrough. Yeah. How many? Are, there's only how many Yarbroughs? You got Kale and Le Leroy. So it's just like a brothers. No, they're not brothers. Yeah, they are. I don't know. It's it's funny when you talk about families like that. The first thing I think of is Petty, just because you had. Lee Petty, Richard Petty, Kyle Petty, all, you know, obviously Lee Petty and Richard Petty, some of the best of all time. Right. Kyle Petty, not the best of all time, by no means, no stretch, but he wasn't bad. He was still pretty dang good when in his heyday, not when you knew him, in his heyday, before 94. <laughs> he was still pretty good. He was winning races when I was a kid. Yeah. And then you had Adam Petty coming along, and at one point you had four generations it was going to be the first ever fourth, maybe the first ever fourth generation pro athlete in history mm. when he was coming along. So, and, and the family is actually still going today. You have, a, he's not a petty per se, but he's, he is in the family. I forget his name. Uh, Brett 
or not Brett Moffitt. It's uh, Chad Moffitt. Chad Moffitt. That's it. I Chad thought it was a Moffitt. Chad, but I wasn't sure. But he's out there right now, and he's trying to make a name for himself. Yeah. I out. so to answer the question, like when I when I hear NASCAR royalty families, you know, uh, first thing I think of is Earnhardt's for sure. Yeah, Earnhardt. Like I said, Earnhardt and Petty. That's gonna be the top two. Yeah, I mean, you have honorable mentions as Waltrips. Waltrips, uh, Allison's, I, I, that's a big one. Or Jarrett's. Yes, yeah, uh, that's more of a father. I guess it's it's a loose definition of family, right? Like prestigious families in NASCAR. I'm thinking more than two people. Well, yeah, that's true. Like if it's a father son combo or a brother brother combo, that's different than grandfather father son grandson or like with Earnhardt you have Ralph Earnhardt you have Dale Earnhardt you have Dale Jr. you have Kelly Earnhardt Carrie Earnhardt Jeffrey yeah Jeffrey Earnhardt now it's it just seems like it just it doesn't stop with Allison you had Bobby Allison Donnie Allison Davy Allison Clifford Allison and then on top of that you had a whole gang of friends with them like you know, had neil bonnet and red farmer with them too i mean it's not family but they pretty much were i mean they were always grouped together right it's it's hard to think just a father-son duo because like that's what dale jarrett and ed jarrett are and i know you have glenn jarrett but he's more of a pit guy than anything else I, he never really did much racing right and like with the wallaces yeah i guess you there's three of them I guess that technically would count. It's just not all cup. I don't I don't see Kenny Wallace and Mike Wallace and think cup. I actually think it might. This is what I think personally because of what, what it was when I grew up, even though Mike could be back and forth between a couple of series. I think cup series, Rusty, Xfinity or Bush series or whatever, Kenny, and Arca when I was a kid, Arca was Mike. Hmm. I guess technically nowadays – Arc, it would Michael be more truck because didn't he have a lot of success in truck series? Yeah, but when I was growing up, he actually won the very first Talladega race I ever saw in that number 90. Oh, that furniture store that 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 teal blue number 90, yeah, uh, from the mid 90s. Uh, Heinig, Heilig, I don't know the name of the company, it starts with an H, yeah, I can never understand how to pronounce that that company's name yeah i don't either but he actually won the very first stock car race i ever saw at talladega because that was a saturday before the cup race and that was arca and he won it and i thought that was really cool because later on rusty had a chance to win the cup series race but he ran out of fuel he was trying to make it to the end of field it meant end of the race so he ran out with six laps to go yeah i thought that would have been cool if the brothers would have won but yeah i think we're on the same page with that for sure. Earnhardt, Petty, Allison, throw some Jarrett, Wallace, Labonte. That's 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 a neat thing. That's that's the only brother duo to ever win championship, isn't it? No, no, not anymore with Kurt Bush and Kyle Bush. Yeah, I was gonna say the Bush brothers, but yeah. So there's two brother combos that's won championships. I can't think of any more. And I think Terry Labonte's got the most years between championships 
Yeah. So, uh, 12 years between two two separate championships. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. 84 96. Jeez Louise. I wasn't around for 84. I mean, I was like one year old. I definitely wasn't around for that, but I was around for 86. I mean, 96. I remember that one very, very well. I was two years old, so I was out on that one. <laughs> uh, Caitlin asks, who should go into the Hall of Fame? Uh, let me re-read re- re- it. Kyle Busch. Who should go into the NASCAR <laughs> Hall of Fame soon, or who should be in it that isn't already? Uh, Kyle Busch. Is there a driver that's not driving? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> this story's not not done. I would love to see Ron Hornaday in there. Yeah, I think that would be a pretty good one. Um, Has Mike Skinner made it in? Mike Skinner's not in, is he? No, he's not. To dominate the inaugural truck season the way he did, I feel like he needs to be in. Yeah, I could see that. I could be on board with that. He's the very first truck champion, yeah. and he dominated it. He killed him, and yeah. then he start. He kept having more success in the trucks later when he went back to it. So, I mean, yeah, he's not a Cup guy, but it's a NASCAR Hall of Fame, right? I mean, you got people in there from the Wheel and Modified Series that's mm-hmm. never even raced a Cup Series race before ever. So, absolutely, Mike Skinner should be in there. Um, let me see. I don't. I dang it. I need to get a like a list of. Not That's the thing. I don't have a list off the top of my head who's in the Hall of Fame, who isn't. It isn't like the WWE Hall of Fame. You know, you're actually putting put in here for accomplishments or talent as opposed to whether you drew money and the fans liked you. Right. Yeah. And I feel like NASCAR, I mean, they they do a good job going all over the place. Like, they'll, they'll pick a lot of people from the old, old, like, 50s and 60s that people some people never even heard of yeah and then they'll pick some current guys that have just retired in the last 10 years like i think the next guy to go in is probably gonna be kurt bush oh yeah from this this era right here i mean is jimmy johnson in yet um do you want me to tell you who's all in the uh nascar hall of fame that would probably take a minute did i say Oh, wait a minute. Did I say Ron Hornaday? Is he in there? Yeah, he's already in here. <laughs> Is Mike Skinner in there? Uh, let me just run through these names really fast. Not <laughs> shouldn't take me very long. Uh, Bobby Isaac, Terry Labonte, um, Bert, Brit, Britton, Burton Smith, Curtis Turner. Burton Smith. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Benny Parsons, Raymond Parks, Mark Martin, Rick Hendrick, Richard Childress, Red Byron, uh, Ray Evernham. That's the first champion. Yep. Uh, Ray Evernham, Ron Hornaday Jr., Ken Squire, Robert Yates, hmm. Jeff Gordon, Davey Allison, Alan Kowicki, Roger Pinsky, Jack Roush, Buddy Buddy Baker, Wind. Uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? Wendell Scott. Wendell. Wendell Wilson. No. Waddle. Wendell Wilson. Waddle. <laughs> what? Waddell. Waddell Wilson. I don't know. Uh, Is who, Wendell Scott in there? Uh, I don't know. I haven't got there yet. Tony Stewart, huh. Joe Gibbs, Bobby Labonte, uh, Mike Stefanik, Red Farmer, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and the class of 2023 is going to be Herschel McGriff, Kirk hmm. Shelmerdine, and Matt Kenseth. 
Kirk Shumadine, I bet he's in more for Kirk Chief than he, anything else. Yes, he is he is uh being in the hall inducted for his crew chief position. Well, Wendell Scott, uh he's the first African American driver. Yes. The to actually win a race. So he needs to be in just for historical sakes, if anything. I mean, did he did he win any more races after that? Did he always finish up front? No, he was just a small team, didn't have any factory backing whatsoever. He did it by himself, and he won a race. Oh, crap. There's even more. Jeez Louise. I, Wendell Scott's got to be in. Uh, Rusty Wallace is in there. Dale Jarrett. Who do you I think? know Davey is. Who am I looking at? <laughs> Wendell Scott. Wendell Scott. <laughs> Junior Johnson. Oh my gosh, how many classes? That's this? what I was thinking. There's a lot of them. We can't. We can't just sit here and just harp on that. We'll be here all day. I didn't know they started that in 2010. Golly. Yeah, and they do seven or eight a class too. So you're gonna read off like, God, like 80 names if we keep going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought we had enough time for that. We do not. If Mike Skinner's not in, I say Mike Skinner, just for what he did in the truck series and what he did to it. And if Wendell Scott's not in, he needs to be in. I don't see Wendell Scott. I definitely agree with Wendell Scott. I'm going to say Buckshot Jones just because he is the S.A. Rios of NASCAR. <laughs> and I love cheering for the S.A. Rios of any sort of sport. Um, current day, Kurt Busch. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely, Kurt Busch. And this week's question that has not been aired yet. Let's see. Caitlin wanted to know if there have been any numbers retired and what would be a number you feel should be and why oh man uh definitely the number three i think they should have just kept that retired um <sighs> me and you differ on that just a little bit okay. I, I i have the same opinion but not the same way you do gotcha like i don't like the idea of retiring numbers because there's the way they have numbers nowadays. There's only so many numbers right, to go around. I, cause at any day you have you know, 36, 40 people vying for a spot, right? Yeah. And you start retiring these numbers. It isn't like a basketball team where there's only five people on a quarter at a time. True. And you retire numbers because <laughs> they don't retire a whole lot of numbers in football either. Because of that situation, you have 55 people on a team, right? Isn't it 55? I think it's, it's 50 something. I feel like the font with the number, like the associating font and number combo, that should be retired. I, like, yeah, put a three out there, but you know how the eights font is nowadays, where it's got those angles in it, it isn't round like the three is now, right. Put that font on the three. I so now every time you see that round Earnhardt three, you know it's Earnhardt. Anytime you see an angled three, you know it's, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Austin Dillon. Yeah. Just my opinion. I can definitely see that, see your point in that. Um, as far as, no, I don't really, I don't know. If I had to choose, I think, if I had to retire a number, it would definitely be the three. Uh, See, uh, it's the thing. The funny thing about numbers is it's not driver, right? 
then unless the driver owns the car, numbers have nothing to do with the driver. It just happens to be what number they're driving when they win. 28 has nothing to do with Davey Allison. He started off in a 23. You know, that was his car because his dad was 22 at the time when Davey mm-hmm. came up. So his he, he drove a 23. Dale Earnhardt started in a two. Yeah. In Cup Series. And actually, his first number I know of was K9. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So it doesn't have anything to do with the driver whatsoever. It's all about the team. Richard Childress drove the number three. So when he retired and decided he was just going to own a car, he owns the three. And he put Earnhardt in it. And Earnhardt became associated with the three, but three is Childress. It is not Earnhardt. Because Earnhardt's been K9, 2, 15, and 3. Just the 3 just happened to be where he was when he got that much notoriety. Right? When he owned his, he owned his own team, you know what number didn't go with him? 3. Right. He had a 1, an 8, and a 15. So because Earnhardt was the owner, do we retire, do we retire the 1, 8, and 15? No, but we're retiring to three when it's not even his number. It's children's number. You know, he has the right to kind of give that to anybody he wants to. He wants to give it to his grandson, keep it in the family. It's not an Earnhardt number. It's a children's number. And we all just kind of have to be like, all right, well, that's that's his prerogative. That's his thing to do. That's If that's what he wants to do, it's his decision. And forever, he didn't want that three on the racetrack until the family come up and now the three is back on the racetrack yeah. you know it's and it, it also has something to do with driving for a team and a number that your heroes drove for you know like could you imagine if they retired to 21 after david pearson retired and Wood Brothers is now all of a sudden a 20. I mean. Or a 22 or something. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But how many drivers have come through driving that famous Wood Brothers 21? And love the fact that they are in a classic, like, original NASCAR team. I, They're from the very beginning. Yeah, but I mean, I don't look at the 21 like the Wood Brothers as like a primary team in the Cup Series. Like I would be <laughs> now as well, it's not what it was. As, and obviously it's not what it was, but I mean, as far as like a pres- prestigious thing to drive the same car and the same paint jobs for the same group of people, because you do have some of the same people there, you know, that David Pearson, Neil Bonnet, you know, these people drove for it. I mean, that's something though. Right. That's nothing I would take it take for granted. Just me personally as a historian of it all. Yeah. You don't see the twenty one as being a uh primary NASCAR team? I mean, not really. Um, as demoralizing as it probably sounds, and I'm not trying to make it sound bad by any means, but uh I mean it would even though you're gonna, you know, let's take Harrison Burton for example, who 
2021, he had such an amazing year. He won all those races, uh, jumps to the 21 Cup team, and has done diddly squat. Um, hasn't even been even close to being in a contention for a top 10, honestly. So, I mean, I, I'm i sure, you know, when the opportunity presents itself and you just want to be in the Cup Series in some way capacity, but then, you know, you might have a, a John Hunter Nemechek syndrome where you can't get it done. You can't even be in this conversation with it, and then you have to go back over to the Truck Series or, or Xfinity or something. And I just... I don't know if you're going to tell me, okay, you can race the 21 Wood Brothers car in the Cup Series or you can stay at JGR in Xfinity. I would almost rather stay in JGR Xfinity and be competitive for wins and championships until a top-tier position opens up. I I really wouldn't want to. I mean, even though it would be really cool to be like, oh, yeah, I, I race for the Wood Brothers, I just don't know. It's it's difficult. It's it's really hard to turn down any cup ride. Period. You know, let alone one as prestigious as that. But I mean, that's not what the it's not ultimately what the question was about, right? But it's it's like a spinoff of it, right? What if they retired? Like if they retired the forty three, yes, after Richard Pay retired, and it kind of did for a year. They NASCAR wouldn't let him run the 43 when he owned that car. They made him run the 44 and 94 or 93. I'm sorry. Right. There was an STP 44 car in 1993 sponsored by, uh, I mean, there's STP uh, run by Rick Wilson. And then in 94, they brought the 43 back. I don't know what the issue was with that, but NASCAR made them do that. If they had retired that 43, all these people coming along have never got a chance to say they drove the car that the King did. Right. And same font and everything. That font has not changed. I mean, I don't know if it did or not when Everham and Petty merged, but I don't think it did. I think the font's been exactly the same. It's that very distinctive Petty font that's on all those numbers that they own. Right. And the sponsors have changed a lot. Oh, for but sure. they still once in a while throw back to STP, which is really cool. But ultimately, I don't think that the number itself should be retired, but maybe the number font combo if a tragedy happens. For sure. But beyond that, I mean, if it's just because a really, really popular and good driver retires, no, just keep the number. Keep it going. I mean, it's the team's number, not the driver's number. That's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix is this week, man. Yes. It is the championship. It's the last race of the season. I don't think we've quite decided what we're doing with the podcast. After, I don't, are we going to talk about right now? Are we going to go every single week during the off season? Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I guess it depends on what's all happening. Right. I mean, I I mean I'm not opposed to either either or you know if if we want to take a break that's fine you know I mean there's not going to be I don't I don't want to take a break so to speak but maybe not a weekly like maybe every other week maybe let some news gather up 
and then we can talk about it. But I mean, who knows? We might just want to talk every week about NASCAR. I don't know. You know what would be really cool is if we set out a poll on Twitter in the in the Marvels Twitter uh, account and let the the listeners decide if we, if they want to hear us every week or if they want to hear us take a break and come back in February or every other week or whatever the case may be. I say let's let's let the listeners decide. <laughs> At worst case, it would be like a two-month hiatus. Right. Because once January comes around, we get into some some really good preseason stuff happening. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as moves going uh, between drivers and teams and news about the car or rules, uh, all this kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. We, we get to some real good, like, meat and potatoes, so to speak. For sure. As of news when it comes to January and the new season comes around and paint schemes get that's always the most fun to me is seeing the new paint schemes and, and what drivers is. We don't know what the uh eight the eight cars are gonna look like next year. I'm telling you right now, I was just about to say that. Man, I cannot wait. I honestly I I am so honest with you. I really hope as soon as that checkered flag hits, I hope rowdybush.com just drops <laughs> a crap ton of new merch and has the eight or 18 the eight car or the eight number the chevy logo whatever it is i'm ready for some kyle bush 2023 number eight chevrolet merchandise let's go and i, I there's still no sort of announcement about uh a primary sponsor for the eight team in the nascar cup series team uh but there is Kyle Busch Motorsports will be making an announcement uh, on the fourth, which I believe is to uh, thir- uh, Friday at mm-hmm. the Phoenix Raceway. So interesting to pro- I mean, it's probably going to be drivers' um, announcements. Do you do, who do you think is going to be racing for KBM next year? I, I don't know. Um, you talking about trucks? Yeah, trucks. I'm so far removed from being able to pick out names and stuff like that in trucks just because i don't follow it every single week i i I wouldn't be able to begin to tell you i think carson hosfar is going to be number the number one guy over there uh i just can't i don't know i don't know who else would go Um, chevy carson hosfar is going to be racing in the snowball derby as well yeah he's actually racing five flag speedway in pensacola Heck yeah, he's also racing a uh, his very first World of Outlaw Dirt Late Model race tonight, <laughs> actually. <laughs> so, let's preview Phoenix just a little bit real quick. We have four guys going for the championship. And the way it works with this format, you've always had kind of... Um, it's kind of been tiered a little bit through the through the rounds of the playoffs, like Chase Elliott always ends up leading the playoffs going into each round because he's the regular season champion. And then you have stage points added to everything and stuff like that. When you make it to the final four, all that goes away. No more stage points, nothing. Right. There's no tearing the guys. There's nothing. You are dead even. It all starts at nothing. Right. Winner take all. And one, two, one through four is based on where they finish. Yes. In the past, it always seemed like the top four were the four playoff guys. Yes. And 
I think ever since they started doing this, the champion has won the race. Yes. That might change this year because this year's a little crazy. They've had 19 different winners. And who knows? Maybe we might get a 20th this week. I know. I mean, uh, back when we went to Phoenix in the Cup Series earlier this season, Chase Briscoe won that race. Chase Briscoe is not in the championship four. Uh, mm-hmm. You have threats like Kyle Larson. Kyle Ryan Blaney almost won last week. Yeah. Uh, Ryan. He didn't, he didn't win yet. Yeah. Ryan Blaney's, you know, he, he's really good at that place. Uh, you have, well, Joe Logano's in the championship four. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of really talented race car drivers that know how to get around Phoenix. I'm sticking to my guns, and I think the champion is going to win the race. Okay. And who's that going to be? Well, are, are we wanting to go into picks? Uh, who's going to be the, the, the champion is not our picks. I can't pick a champion because I picked all these guys before. I can't pick anybody. So – Unless you have you have one spot available for it, and it happens to be one of these four. I do. Oh my gosh! Okay, who is it? Are we going in? Go my, for it. Okay, so my pick to win the race at Phoenix Raceway to win his first ever NASCAR Cup Series championship, and this is how I would be able. This is the only way I would be on that bandwagon forever. <laughs> my pick to win Phoenix to solidify my first in the marbles with soda and Ethan fantasy championship, whatever we want to decide to call it. My pick Ross Chastain. I hope you win. I hope I win too. <laughs> I want him to win so bad. You have no idea. I'm going to yeah. be screaming. Yeah. At my house, if he ends up pulling this off, and I think a lot of people would. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. That's the only way. He better. I want a new diecast car of, of Ross Chastain in my collection, so that's the only way to do it. So yeah, I obviously cannot pick Ross Chastain. Um, I couldn't do it anyway. I cannot pick Logano. I cannot pick Bell, and I cannot pick Elliot. So I gotta go off the beaten path a little bit, as in like. Well, okay. First off, the championship, I 100% I'm pulling for Chastain. I for think sure. Christopher Bell is probably the next closest person to win. Really? I, I do, just because the dude's clutch. If he needs the win, it seems like he gets the win. He's done it twice this playoff. Yeah, that's true. And I like I just I don't see it with Logano just because he either wins or he's kind of mediocre-ish, 10th, 8th to 10th. He's never really all. He doesn't always go up there and seems like he has a chance to win anything. Right. And Chase Elliott has kind of fallen off in the playoffs. I don't know exactly what's happened there, but he has not been the same driver he has been through the regular season. So I don't think it's going to be Chase Elliott. I don't think it's going to be Logano. I really do feel with all this momentum he's got carrying him into it, I really do feel it's going to be Ross Chastain. But I could also see Christopher Bell pulling it off. Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to tell you, I think Joey Logano is going to be a wicked 
uh, threat to win this championship because they've been in. He might be. They've been in. They've been focused on Phoenix for the last three weeks. Yeah, that's true. You know, the, you could tell that they went to what is it, Martinsville, and was it uh, Homestead? Like they just, <laughs> they were just there. You know, they were just, mm-hmm. hey, if the opportunity presents itself to go win the champion or to, to win the race, okay, so be it. Uh, no, I feel like they have been absolutely concentrated on on Phoenix for three weeks now, which is something that the other three competitors have not been able to do. So I feel like I, I read something or I, I listened to an interview Logano did uh, recently, and I think he was very candid about it. He didn't really talk about how much time in the simulator that he's per, put on uh, Phoenix. I think I think that twenty two team is going to be really stout and they're going to be hard to beat. Uh, forgive the loud noise while you were doing that. I dropped my phone. Oh, you're fine. Um, my pick though for this weekend because can't pick a top four guy. Yeah. I'm going to pick the previous winner. I am going to pick Chase Briscoe to spoil it all. Oh. And you know what? Chase Briscoe can win the race. Ross Chastain finished second, and we'll both be happy. Well, <laughs> well that means I will win it. No, he'll win the championship. Come on now. Get that, that does, die cast. No, that does not mean that I, I have to. I, he has to win the race for me to get the die cast. So how about it's, this? It's even bigger, though. He won championship. Ross Chastain wins the race. And the championship, and you and, and Chase Briscoe can finish second. I'm perfectly fine with that. Perfectly fine. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show with all that. Um, looking forward to it this weekend. I'm really looking forward to Phoenix. I, Man, I hope Chastain pulls it off. Oh, I do too. We want to uh, give a shout-out to the podcast drafting partners real quick. Uh, fully Postable Wrestling Figure Podcast. We got Drunk Wrestling History. Doing the favor, positively pro wrestling podcast, lap traffic podcast. Uh, Jason Wolf and his uh, Chop Shop and his podcast Howling with the Wolf, and um, Big Underscore Bane. I'm not gonna. I guess I'm not gonna plug Outsiders Beer Company too hard because it's kind of on hiatus for a moment. But Big Underscore Bane and his music. He does the intro to this uh, podcast. Excellent, excellent stuff. Go check out his music. Uh, you can just search Bain and B-A-Y-N and you'll find it on all the all the outlets. Yeah, you got? absolutely. Speaking of big underscore Bain, I got Breaker and Bain's Power Hour. Uh, also, you know it's fake, right? Uh, TB Toycast, No Holds Barred with the legendary Bill Benis. Uh, Tales from the Estate with our friends Drew and Caitlin. Of course, pulling up a chair with Tim at a chair shot. Uh, for sure, got to shout out Rowdy Energy, the official energy drink of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Our friends at Lionel Racing, the official diecast producer of NASCAR. And that is all I got. Be sure to rate and review the show. We'd appreciate that. And follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at In the Marbles Pod. And you can also find us on Facebook, In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. You can email the show at endthemarblespod at gmail.com. And whatamaneuver.net has our shirts. If you search by store, you can search in the marbles. And there's our three designs right there. Ethan, I hope we're smashing watermelons next week. I sure hope so, too. You got anything you want to add before we get out here? As always, peace, love, 
and all the above. And we'll see you next time in the marbles. <laughs>